With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is a Rocket Room production. Hello and welcome. This is episode 23 of Talk the Tank here on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. Sorry, that's actually Talk the Plank. This is episode 23. I'm Nathan Hirsch today, talking some buckos, and uh, wouldn't you know it, they lost again. They've now lost seven straight games, 23 and 41 on the year, run differential, minus 90. Um, the tank is on. Pirates are on pace for about 58 wins. I got Jake Slobodnik, Radio Jake, with me right now. Jake, how are we doing? Not doing too bad. How about you? Not too bad. Uh, at this point, with the losses stacking like they are, I don't really feel pain. So that's that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're invulnerable to it. We went through it last year, so it's just another day at the office for us. Yes. So, yeah, the Pirates lost uh, three games all against the Brewers in this series, 7-4, to 7-4, to four, and 5-2 to two today. And uh, you want to talk about you want to talk about Derek Shelton now and how angry you were about him a little earlier today? You want to get it out? Gladly. Yeah, cuz <laughs> it's so weird because this is this game really wasn't one that I have a lot of I don't place a lot of fault on the players for cuz they played a hell of a game. I want to before we get to the complaining portion, I want to acknowledge <laughs> Will Crow for his effort today because that was he was lights out, and unfortunately, uh, this is sort of a good segue into the whole complaining bit. Derek Shelton overmanaged yet again during the series, and you know, saw to set the scene a little bit. Uh, Will Crow was dealing in the sixth inning. Uh, he retired 15 straight after a horrendous first inning, um, and after he walked the leadoff man in the sixth, Derek Shelton decided to go to the bullpen. Now. Understandable, he went with David Bednar because Bednar has actually been somewhat reliable. He is no Clay Holmes. But uh, I think this was an overmanagement point because Will Crow, it shows that Shelton has no confidence or doesn't even want to try to let Crow work himself out of a situation. Because who the fuck lets a young pitcher work out of a jam? <laughs> Certainly not Derek Shelton. And so what happened after that? Bednar came in and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, but... Well, sorry, you're breaking in and out right now, Jake. Start that point again when I hear you. Can you hear me? All because, well, either you sorry, you broke up a little bit there for a second. Uh, could you start that point again? Maybe it's. Can you hear question. me now? I hear you now. Perfect. Sorry about that. I'm I'm in my car, so probably hooked up to Wi-Fi. It's the whole Cody Pond situation again. But yeah. um, um, let's see, where was I? Yeah. So, uh, how far did I get in setting the scene? Just yeah, start with the scene setting. 
Okay, so we head to the sixth inning after Will Crow gives, uh, you know, straight dealing. He's thrown fire, retires 15 Brewers in a row. Not so bad after giving up the run and, and two hits in the first inning. Crow had himself a great day. Uh, so that's what I want to get out right now before I really complain about Shelton. Will Crow had himself a very fine day. Um, but in the sixth inning, after dealing, retiring 15 straight, Will Crow, as all pitchers do, walks a guy and he walked the leadoff hitter so what happens then Derek Shelton gets too high in his power and decides to bring in David Bednar in relief now don't get me wrong Bednar was a solid option for the time being because Bednar actually is a good reliever he is no Clay Holmes I know I've, I know I've said that but it's worth repeating um, and so what happens he brings him in and Bednar surrenders a three-run home run that proved to be the difference maker in the game Brewers end up winning Will Crow yet again gets dragon dilled out by Blake and by by Blake. Uh, out of his first win of the season and his first big league win, which I I, I don't know. He something went through his mind and. It was just, hey, let me see if I can test my luck with my bullpen, which is already spent because of overuse. And just, it's just, the bullpen was taxed. But hey, Derek Shelton says, screw it. We got 14 pitchers this year. Let's go back to it again. Pirates end up falling, and we get our asses swept for yet another series, this time in consecutive fashion. So, Derek Shelton, I texted our group chat during the game, and after that whole situation happened, I see our producer, Jeremy's in the audience. I want to say this right now. Jeremy, you were right this entire time about, uh, about Derek Shelton. Last week, we talked about when is, when, when's the seat get hot for Derek Shelton? Well, it should be white out right now because after today, it shows yet again that Derek Shelton has no idea what he's doing out there. He doesn't want to let his young pitchers try to prove themselves. He would just rather, you know, overmanage and... I guess, try to win on his shoulders. But today's loss goes on the shoulders of Derek Shelton. And I feel it. And he did it earlier this series, too. Um, I forget. I think it was Friday's game when he brought in Clay Holmes. And Clay Holmes just completely shit the bed. So there's two games this series. We could have potentially won. But we didn't because Derek Shelton overmanaged yet again. And um, it's just sad because we finally had a decent enough ride from our players today but unfortunately couldn't walk away with the win all because of stupid reasons. I, I can't believe it. I, I wish it didn't happen, but Will Crow unfortunately does not walk away with his first big league win. Derek Shelton pulled the carpet from under him, and now I think is the time to talk about Derek Shelton hitting the road, hitting the bricks, because this isn't about an issue about, you know, it, 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 we're, we're in a losing situation, so there's no reason to look at him at the hot seat now. Now you got to look at his IQ on the field, and right now it is nowhere near where it should be. He should not have pulled Will Crow. Maybe if he surrendered another walk, maybe a hit. Who knows? But I, I wanted, I wish we could have seen Will Crow try to work it out, but we can't, unfortunately. Pirates get swept. Derek Shelton should take the in, entire blame for this series. Uh, yeah. So I will say, shout out Will Crow. He was awesome. Eight strikeouts. I didn't, I didn't realize that, but he did strike out eight. A great bounce back start from him after getting sent down to triple a and uh 
he he was really good today. And I mean, yeah, I I think it's definitely uh, definitely a case of the manager having a quick hook for sure, and perhaps he should have let Will Crow uh, try to wiggle his way out of, like you said, just a walk, a uh, leadoff walk after retiring 15 straight. But I will say, I I, I still am on the side of. Uh, I just don't care that much. Uh, the Pirates aren't aren't very. I mean, they're they just. It is what it is. They suck. I get it. Like ma- he's been making some questionable decisions, but in the grand scheme, I mean, you kind of mentioned this on the last podcast. Perhaps Shelton is kind of the uh, the placeholder until it's time to win again, and then they can find their actual man manager. But until that time comes, I just. Uh, I just don't really care that much, and I'm I'm totally all right with Shelton being the manager through this year, probably through next year, and then if there's no real uh, improvement, I guess you could say from this year to next year, that's that's probably when it's time. But overall, right now, I still I don't think he's really on the hot seat at all. If I'm if I'm being uh frank about it i just i don't think it it matters that much his decisions and it does suck that the pirates lost but i am all aboard the embrace the tank the pirates now have i believe the second worst base uh record in baseball right now like i said they're 23 and 41 oh actually they have the third worst record in baseball they're just a game behind uh baltimore for the second worst record but Tank away, baby. Tank, tank, tank. Lose, lose, lose. Looking at the schedule, I mean, we've kind of mentioned this before. It does not get easier at all. We have uh, the Pirates are going to where are they going? They're going to uh, Washington next, and it, I mean, it's just it's gonna be it's gonna be tough sledding ahead. So rack up them losses and uh, full steam ahead. Let's let's get that Elijah Green train rolling. Get them to Pittsburgh. Uh, that's that's what I'm all about right now. So, you wanna you wanna tackle this question here that you that you brought up in the uh, thing here? Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Um, let me cool. see if I can get his name real quick or his Twitter handle or something. It's a question that my buddy Kyle uh, threw in. I'm in a Pittsburgh sports chat. Um, I think his name's Kyle Tanner. Uh, his main question was coming up on the deadline, seeing where the Buckos are at right now. What's a legitimate expectation on wins? And what do you consider the ceiling? Nate, do you want to take a shot at that first? Sure. So on pace right now, they're on pace. I think someone had it on Twitter. Right now, they're on pace for 58 wins, which uh, shout out to Vegas. They always know what they're doing. The season over under was uh, 59 and a half wins at the beginning of the year. Uh, so I do think, I think Frazier's going to be traded. I think Rodriguez is going to be traded. I think both of those players are traded for sure, 100%. So that that takes, uh, a, I mean, for the Pirates offense, removing Frazier, it, it, you would just then have like two hitters that are better than average. Uh, Moran, he kind of got injured up a little bit this series. We'll see how he's, uh, he's going to be. But uh, with those players being traded for sure, I mean – so right now it's bad. It's It's been terrible since basically the beginning of May. I don't know if they are this terrible of a team. I mean, I guess they are, but 
Perhaps they could turn it around. I think the ceiling of wins, I would put that, uh, so what are we? We're about 64 games in. So there's about, what, there's a little less than 100 games left. I think that they'll win at most like 40 of those. So I guess that would put their, that would put their cap at about 60 to 65 wins. They're on pace for 58 right now. Maybe they get a little hot. Maybe it's maybe it's about sixty-eight wins, but that's the hard cap for me. Sixty-eight wins right now. That I think that is the most that they could uh, they can win. What do you think? I can't say the same, but again, we all know I'm the neighborhood cynic. So I, no matter <laughs> what, I was just gonna I was gonna pretty much say anything. Like right now, uh, you talk about the deadline coming up in about well a little over a month. You get rid of Frazier, one of our hottest hitters. That leaves us, what, Key Brian Hayes, possibly Brian Reynolds when he wants to hit, Colin Moran when he's not made of glass bones and paper skin, and hmm, Phil Evans whenever he gets, I guess, when he gets going at the plate. Who the hell knows? I can't say that our pitching is going to save us. Um, I, I just, it, it's so hard to predict, but being me, Seeing where we're going and knowing who we're going to ship off at the deadline, uh, Frazier is obvious that he's that's that's a no doubter he's gone. Rich Rod potentially, I think if we're also going to try to really cut this team a little bit, I think Stallings might have a little bit of, of value. I know we said don't trade him yet, but I think if we're just if we're just talking bare bones here and we're getting everything out, I feel like he's a possible candidate too. So I feel like a lot of our offense is going to go uh, our pitching. Very, very shaky. I have to put the ceiling at maybe 56. If 56? That. Yeah, we are just that We are just that bad. Uh, I can't stress that enough. It's amazing that there are actually two teams that are worse than us right now in MLB, uh, especially yeah. the Diamondbacks. I didn't think they would ever be this bad, but I feel like they have more of a shot at rebounding them and the Orioles do than us. Um, just because they have a little bit of talent on each team, we really don't. We don't really only have Hayes and Frazier at the moment. Um, and so yeah, Reynolds, 50- I have to say, Brian Reynolds has been really good this year. But I, I just that have is, to throw. Yeah, that that's true. I have to agree. Reynolds has been good. But he's almost he, his OPS is almost at nine hundred right now. I will say that. But uh, continue, continue what you're saying. Sorry. No, I was I was just gonna say. I just think that we can't. There's a nine guy lineup. Can't really rely on two people if that to carry us through each and every game. And with the way our injuries have been lately, we're bound to have more. And I feel like they're going to have more to our starting players. It's just, it, it just looks ugly for us. And I don't think 56 is too, too, I guess too too exorbitant for us. And I mean, if we're really going to embrace the tank now, we might as well just fully embrace it, go for Elijah green, but who knows Great. who the hell we would get next year, because now we say Elijah green and, Next year, right, that someone is, else. I think he is the consensus for next year. But I thought last year Kumar Rocker was supposed to be the consensus. So we'll see, we'll see oh, what what it's like next year. Oh, um, Jesus, don't even get me started on who's getting you're going to get picked first this year because, oh boy, I had a lot of lot of strong words on Twitter about my feelings about the pot, about Sherrington basically saying they were going for best overall player than need. But um, yeah, I just fifty six. 56 wins for me if we can even make that that just seems to be my my ideology 
Well, let me get this straight then. You don't think that Gregory Polanco is going to turn it around anytime no, soon? not at all. He's had how many years to turn <laughs> it around, and he has yet to turn he it around. 203, 273, 50. Isn't your Twitter handle, doesn't it say something like Gregory Polanco Believer or something? I said it's a chairman of the Gregory Polanco fan club. Yes, I um, I'm right there on the board with you. I will always have a soft spot for Gregory Polanco, no matter how terrible he is. But uh, yeah, it's it's been rough with him. Um, yeah, no, I mean like 56. That's that's definitely a possibility for sure. I just think, I guess for me, my my thought process is if if everything goes right for the Pirates from here on out. That I, I would put their cap at about sixty-eight, but if uh, if if things go how I think they will go, fifty-six is definitely a fair number, and I think I think I would agree that they it'll it, it's going to be close. I think it's going to be real close whenever it's uh, we get down to the final few weeks of the season. If the Pirates will be able to uh, get that over on their over under wins total, but uh, yeah. 56 is fair, for sure. Uh, the Pirates, it's it's pretty sad right now. Uh, you want to talk about Mitch Keller after after we uh, we pretty much dumped on the guy for a half hour? He got the option, so you you want to speak on that a little Jason bit? Jason Mackey, if you're or uh, well, Jason Mackey, yeah, but Ben Charrington, if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you took my advice. I hope I'm the first person you credit because that was the best move you could have made for this damn organization. <laughs> I, if I could play Cole in the Gang celebration right now, I so would. And I blare it throughout Pennsylvania because it's so – it's long overdue that Mitch Keller gets the boot down to AAA. Yeah. Now, I want to I make this clear. I don't ever root for a guy to suck. I, I don't because obviously you have enough talent to make it to the major leagues. But – Mitch Keller has been just god-awful bad this year. Hopefully he takes his time in AAA to work on his control and uh, develop his skills a little bit more to try and at least be somewhat of a bounce-back candidate. I, my, my hopes are not as high. But I do want to make it clear that I don't just pick a guy and hope he sucks. That isn't it. I'm just I'm honest, and when I see a guy who sucks and he's still getting chance after chance, that's just not good. Like, to put it in perspective... I work at a radio station in, uh, in a, a decent town, and across the, across the way is a college radio station. Now, if I get fired, or if I do bad in my performance at the radio station, they don't demote me to the college radio station for me to work on my skills. No, they fire me. And Mitch Keller, he, his career is in baseball. He at least has that option to go down and work on his skills, but he needs to treat this like a career and treat this like something that he needs to, that he's on walking on eggshells all the time. Like he needs to um, really improve upon himself and give the best performance he can each and every game and not just expect to be demoted. He needs to treat it as if he could be fired at any moment. He doesn't do that right now. And on, on the con, or con I'm trying to fuck what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, you know, he, he puts on this face that he's pissed off after every bad performance, but I don't see any way that he's trying to improve upon it. So that's why I'm just not that big of a Mitch Keller guy right now. Hopefully he does do some work in AAA to better himself, better his abilities, and he comes back and he's a, almost a complete different version of himself. Like he's shed his own skin and he's back and, and he's new, reborn, completely reborn, and just is, is that 
Cy Young candidate that we all wanted him to be. Maybe not Cy Young candidate, but for God's sakes, just somebody that's effective on the mound. Because he's not. But I did want to just make that clear that I don't just root for someone to suck. But that's why I just hated Mitch Keller for the past how many months. Because he wasn't doing anything and he didn't look like he really cared enough to try. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I will say at this point, uh, if he's a... He's a mid-rotation starter. I would be ecstatic about it. But I, there was a quote I saw on Twitter. It was basically some – it was like Will Crow after the game. He was just like, yeah, I mean, like I got sent down, and that kind of relieved some pressure for me because that's the worst possible thing that could have happened. So I just came back up, got my chance, and I just let it fly. I didn't care as much, I guess you could say. And I really hope that Mitch Keller kind of takes that same approach. Like this season has been for him – worst possible case scenario um he's been terrible he just got sent down to triple a while pitching for probably the worst team in baseball i mean it doesn't get lower than that but we'll see how he bounces back i mean i just kind of hope he goes down to triple a shoves a little bit and he comes back and maybe it lights a fire under his ass and he he is the guy that we want him to be because yeah right now i mean it's just it was pathetic and you know, Crow got lit up in his uh, final start before getting demoted. And, you know, he wasn't down for very long. But in his first chance back today, he looked really, really good. So we'll see if uh, if that's possible for Keller as well. I, I wonder how long he's going to spend down there. I think, um, you know, barring that no one gets injured and the, and the Pirates basically – the Pirates basically uh, don't need him to come back up. I would assume that he'll probably get about a month's worth worth of uh, worth of starts or so in AAA, see how they look, and then they could perhaps bring him back up. But sending him down, I agree 1,000%, is the correct move. I was pondering it after his last start on the last podcast, whether or not that was necessary because the team is just so bad in general. Like, what's it really hurt keep to keep tossing him out there? But – Maybe for his uh, for his mental, like that, like getting obliterated almost every time out, like that can't be great. So hopefully, like we're saying, he goes down, works on some things, maybe adds a little uh, a little oomph to the fastball, a little movement, perhaps. Either whether it's a cutter, whether it's a two seam sinker, whatever you want to call it make it less straight. We'll see what kind of adjustments he makes. I'm not ready to give up on Mitch Keller completely. No way. Um, I don't know if he's going to be amazing or even good, but definitely not time to give up on him yet. And I, I will be pretty excited to see what he looks like when he returns. And I really do. I mean, I agree. Like we're never, we shit on guys, but we're never actually rooting against guys. We want them all to succeed. And Mitch Keller is definitely no different. I want to see him succeed. And I think, I still think, even with the amount of uh, loaded pitching prospects, I still think Mitch Keller will uh, be a part of this future rotation when all these guys come up. So I'm uh, hoping that this is just a minor setback, I guess you could say. Yeah, me too. I just fear that um, he's going to end up – he's going to catch the Cole Tucker syndrome. And what I mean by this is mm. recently Cole Tucker has been absolutely lights out in AAA. 
I don't know if you've seen the Indianapolis Indians Twitter, but he's on there every day and he's just mashing balls. But then whenever the time comes for him to call him, come up to Pittsburgh, he, he, he just a lot looks lost. I just hope that Keller doesn't go down, throw maybe a no hitter for the Indians and then gets back called back up and then gives up seven runs. I don't want that to be the Cole Tucker situation, but I mean, everybody's always up for that, but I hope it's not like that for Keller, let alone any guy that comes up to the system. But I mean, I guess I'll, I'll hold off on really saying fire him into the sun again and just see how he <laughs> bounces back after this stint in triple a, hopefully he bounces back and hopefully he makes me eat my own words, which hopefully, but I mean, we'll see going forward. I just, uh, I'm just glad that they finally pulled the trigger, made the move, sent him down and Keller can now take his, you know, start to work on things a little bit more. Like I said, his, especially his control factor, triple A is definitely a good area to have that. Hopefully he comes back up soon. He does better. That's, that's just my thoughts on it, but I'm glad they made the. Yeah. Let me play a little game with you real quick then. Cause Mitch Keller, I mean, he was the pirates like top pitching prospect for quite a while. And this is kind of how it's turned out, but I'm going to ask you, we're going to play Mitch Keller or blank. And you tell me basically who, if you could only keep one, who are you keeping? All right. All right. We'll just, All right. We'll just play. So we'll start at the top. Would you rather have Mitch Keller or Quinn Priester? I'm talking Pirates prospects pitching wise. Quinn Priester. I agree as well. Priester, I think, I mean, he's struggled a little bit this season, but I, I think he's going to be great. Keller or Tanaj Thomas. See, that's interesting. That's hard to pick because I haven't seen too much tape on Tanaj, but I heard he's been lights out. So give me Thomas. Agreed. Keller or Miguel Yehure? Yehure. He's he struggled a little bit in the MLB, but I still like what he brings to the table, and he's still an impression or an impressionable guy. So give me Yehure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he doesn't quite have like the he his fastball isn't as lively. I mean, well, not lively. That's probably the wrong word. It's not as fast as Keller's, but I definitely think Yehure has that. Uh, demeanor that you can't quite describe when a pitcher is in control of things uh he just has that aura about him where he just i don't think much bothers him and he looked pretty comfortable in his few starts even if the results weren't crazy great but i agree you i think like he has that energy of <laughs> calmness and zen i guess if you want to call it that much more than keller does in my opinion oh. but uh i agree um, we'll say Keller or Brennan Malone, who the Pirates got in the Starling Marte trade. Hmm. I'll pick a rare on this and just go with Keller. Again, yeah. I haven't seen too much tape on Malone, but I'm, I got to give Keller at least one, one, one bout. And this, this right. will be the one that I surrender to him. Yeah. And then, I mean, then you get into guys like there's Cody Bolton, there's Carmen, uh, Molzinski. If that's it, um, Ronzi Contreras, would you take those three over Keller? Definitely Contreras. Um, I agree. Cody Bolton, I don't know. I saw him pitch a little bit in Altoona. He's injured right now, which sucks. Yeah. Um, I'll take Keller over Bolton. And you said Mladzinski was the other one? Yeah. Give me Mladzinski. Yeah, he's he's. I'm pretty sure I'll, I'd have to double check on that, but I think uh, he's been really good this season. Then you start getting down there. I mean, there's Jared Jones who was drafted last year. I saw a highlight of him where he just looked uh, insane. 
and good. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, I mean, we just went through about eight pitchers there that all of them could potentially be, I mean, higher than Keller on those power rankings at this exact moment. So who knows? I mean, it's great that the Pirates have that depth and it, I'm kind of mad. I'm, I've always been a Jack Leiter guy. It doesn't look like they're going to add to that depth with him. But in general, I mean, even you, you, I'm, I'm looking at uh, prospects list right now. You scroll down a little bit. There's, there's still, I mean, there's, there's Eddie Yeen. There's, I mean, Will Crow is on this list and he's at 30. Like, okay, would you rather have Will Crow or Mitch Keller? Let me ask you that. Uh, Crow. Crow, really? Wow. Okay. See, I, I, I still believe that uh, Keller, I still believe in him more. I think Crow is nice and he's been pretty, he's, he's had his moments of, uh, to, to be optimistic about him this season, but I just don't really see him as much more than a fifth starter at best. But I mean, at this point, who knows if Mitch Keller is going to be a starter at all for his entire career. So right. yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I mean, Keller's stock has definitely fallen and it's probably at its lowest that it's going to be. I would say, hopefully, unless things get worse, which that would just absolutely suck. But uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting con conversation to have because Keller's stock has never been lower. So here's to him turning things around. I'm, Really hoping that he can. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we can look here at the schedule. I mentioned that the Pirates are at Washington for three. That is starting tomorrow, actually. No off day for the Pirates. Looking at some of these pitching matchups, we get, we get the ace tomorrow. The Pirates ace, baby. JT Brubaker against John Lester. Honestly, I think uh, for the Pirates, that is a little bit of an advantage. What do you think? Yeah, I would say so. I would say it's an advantage. I mean, Lester's 0-2, 419 ERA. Um, Pirates are familiar with him because, obviously, pitching for the Chicago Cubs, they've had some practice for him. Um, this is one of those games where I think this is the one that we got to win. I don't think we're going to win the series. Um, Agreed. Especially since, I mean, we face Corbin on Wednesday, which... Tuesday. Is, well, ESPN says Tuesday. I don't... I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I, don't I, I got my days mixed up because I'm so used to the Monday off day. So, yeah, Tuesday right. is when they face Corbin. Um, and then third Wednesday, they play... Well, Scherzer. We're going to get our ass kicked there. But I'm going to... I'll go out on a limb right here. I'm going to predict that Max Scherzer throws a no-hitter against the Pirates. I really think that that's going to be the case. All right, I'll raise you the one on that. I think it's going to be a repeat <laughs> of that one year. Uh, yeah, yeah, throw a game. Yeah, he's going to throw a perfect game the ninth inning. Somebody's going to lean into a pitch and ruin it, and he'll just get a no-hitter. Yeah. I don't it'll know who the lucky – it'll be Kai Tom. It'll be Kai Tom. Kai Tom. Yeah, I was, I was going to say Ben Gamble, but, yeah, honestly, it, it'll, be, it'll be something wacky like that. Off day Thursday for the Pirates, and then they're back home for a nice little five-game homestand uh, against Cleveland, and then the White Sox come to town um, next week. That is only a, a short little two-game series, but, I mean, that's a game, that's a team that I personally would uh, like to see, so I might have to, might have to go to one of those games. Right now, ESPN has it listed next week. I mean, it's impossible to tell what's going to happen, you know, nine days from now. But they have Lucas Giolito. So maybe we get another repeat of another no-hitter 
Maybe the Pirates get no hit twice in a week. We'll see. But, yeah, right now it's rough. Uh, They have lost seven straight, 10 of 13. If you even want to go back before that, they've – let's see, 10 of 13. And then add another six losses. They've lost 16 of 21. (laughs) So – that's where we're at. You can even go back farther. They've lost, um, wait, sorry, 19 of 20, uh, set, set five. I don't know. Sorry. It's, I'm just going back now. I'm just rambling at this point. The point it's is they lose a lot and losing a lot. So that's, that's, that's all. That's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. Yeah. Nothing new here. Just pirates losing. Pirates losing. Any last thoughts here before we hop off this very uh, encouraging podcast? (laughs) Yeah, um, I'll encourage it even more. Um, I think there needs to be something done about the whole medical system for the Pirates because this is just getting out of hand. I think they need to really rethink their deal with Allegheny Health Network and go back to UPMC. And instead of Mitch Keller getting fired into the sun, I think Todd Tomchik does. Uh, His uh, we can't keep having these injuries that we've had. Colin Moran back off being injured again is now injured again with a back tightness, which I, I mean, I, there needs to be something done about this. This could be saved for a different episode, but my final comments are Todd Tomchick needs to step the hell up here coming or coming up because <laughs> this just can't happen. This was last year and this year. They, they need to do something about this, but that's my final words. Hopefully we beat Lester tomorrow. Yeah, and hopefully we don't get no hit by Scherzer on Wednesday. We'll see what happens. Uh, I will say on the injury front, it does seem like the Pirates have had a bunch of dumb nagging injuries. But I will say in general, MLB, I mean, the injuries are through the roof. I feel like baseball in general kind of has a problem with all of these injuries, pitchers included, obviously. Um, just There's just injuries galore. But, yeah, it's, with the Pirates specifically, it does seem seems a little – I don't know. Maybe we follow this team closely, so we obviously just see them and them alone. But some of these injuries are pretty annoying, and uh, who knows? I'm no doctor, but, uh, yeah, it would be nice if the injuries were not as uh, common in the whole sport. So, yeah, that'll do it, though. Uh, Jake, where do we follow you on Twitter? Follow me at underscore Radio Jake for all your favorite Cynical Pirates tweets. All of the takes. The takes are hot. You can follow me on Twitter at Nathan underscore Hirsch. Of course, follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter at Bucks Dugout. And uh, before this podcast today, we tweeted out to uh, ask your questions. And just in general, if you have questions for the podcast, shoot us a DM, shoot us a tweet, shoot us whatever you want. And we would love to talk about it on the show and uh, get your thoughts as well. So everyone have a great rest of your day. This is Talk the Tank, sorry, Talk the Plank, episode 23, SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. It's been a pleasure. I hope you all have a great rest of your day. And uh, if you're listening tomorrow, happy Monday. We'll be back after the National Series to uh, cry. So, (laughs) Jake. Have yourself a good day. You too, man. All right, peace.